A common wisdom or rule of thumb floating around academia is the concept that once you finish your PhD, you should go elsewhere to another lab, at the very least at another university, but often in another city or even another country. Like all rules of thumb, there are reasons for why it exists in the first place, but also reasons why you shouldn't just take it at face value. This video examines this idea, the key motivations behind it, and some reasons why and why not to follow it. As a refresher on a traditional academic path, if you are wanting to stay in academia in the long term, the conventional but by no means only way of doing so has been to do a PhD, possibly after a master's, and then do one or more postdoc positions before getting an entry-level faculty job, like a US-based tenure-track assistant professor position. The PhD to postdoc transition has long been one of the most critical transitions early in an academic career, and it's this transition which is the one that's most discussed in the context of deliberately leaving your lab. So why is it discussed, and why is there this informal rule that you should go somewhere else for your postdoc? Let's examine the reasons, starting with why to move and why not to move. For the purposes of this video, I'm going to assume you've done your due diligence on the lab that you're proposing to go to. It's a good one and a good fit for you, at least in a broad sense. So let's start with the reasons why to move. The first reason, not a very good reason, is simply that it's the way things are done. This is the most unhelpful reason, but you should be aware of it nonetheless. When people are considering you for jobs, fellowships, grants, and so on, there is some cultural hangover that means some people, by no means all people, will take a second look at you if you have stayed in the lab you got your PhD at for a long time after getting your PhD. Don't worry about this too much, but very much be aware of it. A better reason is around maximizing your learning opportunity. A typical PhD could last anywhere from three to six years, primarily in the one lab. If the PhD has gone reasonably smoothly, you will have experienced an incredible learning curve, learning much from your supervisors, but also from the other researchers in the lab. Typically, by the later stages of that experience, that learning curve will have slowed somewhat. Moving to another, different lab is one potential way to reinvigorate that learning curve by immersing yourself in a new lab with new lab mates, new supervisors. This is especially true if you've become overly comfortable in your PhD lab and are cruising. A new lab can shake this up a bit and give you the much needed provocation to keep on developing. Another reason is growing your research collaborations and research network. Assuming you leave your PhD lab on good terms, those connections don't suddenly disappear when you move to a new lab. You may maintain some collaborations with members of that lab whilst adding new ones from the lab you join. Part of being a typically successful academic isn't just about the research you do solely in your lab, but also the collaborative research you do with other labs. And moving labs can be a part of the process of growing this network of trusted collaborators. Another reason is if you are plateauing or experiencing degrading lab conditions. Uh, even if the environment at your PhD lab is healthy, you can experience some sort of research stagnancy or plateauing from being at the one spot for too long. 
Moving labs can be an effective way to address these issues, but first you need to do some due diligence that the cause isn't something else, like, for example, a health condition, where moving labs itself will not help and may make things even worse. Of course, if your current lab is becoming toxic, despite attempts to rectify the situation, moving labs can also be a good decision then. Another reason is personal development and experience. Not every profession transfers locations easily, but academia is one that does. Moving to a new city or country for a postdoc position can be a fantastic way to immerse yourself in a new country, a new culture, and learn a new language. It's not just the professional side of things, there can be substantial personal pluses to moving labs. Another reason to consider is moving early can often be easier. Everyone's lives develop in different ways, but earlier in your career, you are often more mobile than in the middle of your career, especially if you have or plan on having kids. It's generally easier to relocate with no kids or with young kids than with teenage kids, where relocation can be more disruptive. Of course, later in your career, you may become more mobile again if you have kids and your kids become adults and leave home. So we've covered some reasons why you would move. Uh, here are a number of reasons to consider not moving immediately after your PhD. The first reason revolves around disruption. Moving labs, especially if that involves a move to another city or country, introduces a substantial disruption to your research productivity. You'll need to get your personal life in order in the new location, uh, which is an especially large commitment if you have a partner and kids, and becomes even more substantial if you're moving away from your normal support network, including friends and family. Managing the disruption is also an issue. While you can do things to mitigate the disruption, like keeping projects going at your old lab, the disruptive effect will still be significant. In some disciplines, it could set you back a year or two, especially, for example, if you need to get major experimental facilities up and running at the new lab. Knowing your change aversion level is another important factor. When you're weighing up the pros and cons of disruption, it's important to understand your own level of change and risk aversion. Some people are terrified of change and then pleasantly surprised when it's not as bad as it seemed. Others don't even really think through the consequences of initiating major changes and are sometimes unpleasantly surprised by how disruptive they can be. Knowing your own attitude here can help you calibrate your decision as to whether to move. A key consideration is how much personal runway you have left in your career and circumstances and consequently the magnitude of disruption that can be tolerated. If you think you only have a year or two left to make it in academia before you choose to do something else, a major disruption may not be a good decision. If you're in academia for the long haul, come rain or shine, then the short-term disruption is not as big a factor in your decision process. Social considerations are another factor you should consider. If you know people in the location you're moving to already, then that can ease the level of disruption. But if you know no one in a new city, it can take a real deliberative effort to develop new social contacts and groups. For some, this is a natural, easy process, but for others, it can be quite challenging. It can be lonely for some in a new location, especially if most of their friends and family are back where they moved from. Being constantly homesick is not a good recipe for being a productive researcher. 
Another factor that may make you think twice about moving are livability considerations. Postdocs in many countries are not roles known for paying well. And if the postdoc location you move to has a high cost of living, then your standard of living may fall enough to negatively impact your research productivity. For example, if you're having to commute long distances because you can't afford to rent near your lab, that can be detrimental to your professional and personal life. This effect can of course work in the opposite way as well. You might snag a relatively well-paying postdoc in a relatively low cost of living location. Another factor are fit considerations. Different cities and countries are experienced differently by different people. Just ask your friends and family what they thought of various cities and see the varied reactions. If you can't stand the day-to-day -day living of the place you've moved to, you're not going to have a good postdoc experience. One example that many people I know have gone through in this regard is moving from a location where cars are relatively rare and most transport is done by foot, bike or public transport. It can be a major shock to move to some locations like in the US where cars often really aren't optional and can dominate your transport options. For some, this is a non-issue. For others, adjusting can be hard. A few key things to keep in mind in wrapping up. There are alternatives to immediately leaving your PhD lab. With the right support, you can still get a lot of the experiences associated with leaving your PhD lab, even if you don't actually leave that lab permanently. One option is longer stay research trips, often called sabbaticals, where you get a period of time ranging from a few months to a year or more in another lab, but as a visiting researcher. Typically, your salary is still paid by your host or original organization, but you get much of the experience of living and working somewhere else, knowing that you'll be returning back home at the end. And then there are schemes where you can get a visiting fellowship or scholarship that helps fund that trip. Moving labs is not forever. It's not an irreversible decision, just a potentially disruptive one with potential big upsides. If you, despite doing your due diligence and plenty of preparation, find the experiences of being in a particular new lab horrible, for whatever reason, you can always leave. Likewise, if you do stay put immediately after your PhD, you can move later in your career as well.